Hello, Paul here and welcome to the podcast, the most intelligent selection podcast. We're here on the beautiful Gold Coast, Australia. So for the next 30 minutes or so, I'll be your little ray of sunshine. I'll be chatting with a variety of fascinating individuals from small business owners to coaches and everything in between. We'll be diving deep into their personal journeys and the challenges they've faced and the strategies they've used to overcome them. We'll also be getting a first-hand look at their success stories, discovering the key factors that help them achieve their goals and unlock their full potential. Let's see how we go. Hello and welcome to the Most Intelligent Selection Podcast. Today, with Melissa Wilson, Managing Director and Lead HR Consultant of Humanistic HR, with a focus on the human. How wonderful is that? I hope it's wonderful. It sounds wonderful. Melissa, thank you so much. A for giving up your time to share with me and listeners, and for the coffee. That's always nice. You're in the top top 10, at least, <laughs> of guests for me. And everyone else, coffee will go a long way. All right, Mel. Would you like to introduce yourself to Absolutely. the listeners? Firstly, thanks so much for having me, Paul. It's um, Very welcome. a great opportunity to get to know you better and all of the wonderful things that you do within for community here on the Gold Coast. I'm Melissa Wilson, run... Humanistic HR, which is a HR consultancy here on the Gold Coast, but also operating nationally. So I support clients all around Australia and some in New Zealand too. I offer HR consulting services with the exception of recruitment on the most part. So from once you've found your employee, I support businesses that are growing to have the right elements in place for their employees and for their culture to make sure that their teams know how to perform really well and help businesses to grow and be profitable. Wow, which every business would like. Important two things, grow and be profitable. What was it that got you to start that business? So I business? Got it, Yeah, so I got into HR many decades ago and uh, a bit differently and really with a, a people-led focus. And so when we moved up to the Gold Coast 18 months ago, I decided that I wanted to go out on my own because I noticed what an incredible opportunity there is up here with a bit of an incubator for small to medium-sized growing businesses. Mm. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to give them access to sort of my eons of corporate experience and set their businesses up really well to start with on their growth journey. Um, and it's working really well so far. So I've been quite lucky. Fantastic. Now, I often ask people, did you always want to be a XYZ? Did you always want to be a human resources consultant? And I'm going to guess you probably didn't. No. <laughs> All I ever wanted to do when I grew up was travel the world. Okay. Um, you can probably facilitate that. Yeah. You've gone from Melbourne to the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, so there's, that's, there's been lots of part stops of the way. along the way too. So Fantastic. I have managed to see lots of the world and there's still an enormous list of places. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think what I found along the way is that I am a, just a deeply sensible and practical person and I'm quite a heart-driven leader and so that sort of naturally aligns me to human resources. Yeah, lovely. So let's say you, you come to the Gold Coast, there's an opportunity, as you said, and you go to a, a business and... The, the culture is awful. <laughs> the people are not performing and pr probably some of them are unhappy. <laughs> Either you could walk out and say, oh, I'm not doing that. What would be the first thing that you do to transform? I'm sure it's not as easy as clicking your fingers. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing you think, right, this, 
Yeah. So what I do is I generally sit down with my clients and we talk about this thing that HR nerds like to call the employee life cycle. So everything from the day that they accept the job all the way through to the end of their employment. And there's lots of things in between. And so some of those things can actually be structured management interventions. I look at everything from um, how frequently you meet with the teams, how you set their objectives, how you induct them, what the environment is in culture can be thought of as a bit of a vibe. Mm. It's literally everything that you do and importantly everything that you don't do every day as a leader of a business. And so it's about being really conscious of the culture that you want to set and then through your behaviours, your actions, your policies, your procedures and your ways of working, making sure that you're strengthening that that culture and so there's definitely structural things that we put in place and I coach leaders of and owners of businesses mm. a lot I'm a um, qualified neuroleadership coach so wow. a lot of really focusing on human motivation and brain friendly approaches to motivating people. not just telling them to throw a couple of bean bags in a ping pong table it's in so the much lunchroom. more than that yeah oh, right. yeah you can buy as many pizzas and beers on Fridays as you like <laughs> you, you, that won't fix your culture the HR time. shortcut pizzas <laughs> on a Friday ping pong tables are great because they bring people around and bring them together and that can be a good... If you're not arguing while you're playing. If you're not arguing or or hurting each other. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Move it away from the dartboard. (laughs) Dear me. (laughs) What has been your biggest challenge so far? In my business? Can be whatever you want. Some people go the business route, some people go personal and it's entirely up to you. I I take no responsibility for (laughs) the fallout or uh, otherwise... But yeah, it's, it's cool. Enough. Yeah. So uh, my the greatest challenge I've ever had professionally was being in a senior leadership role during COVID in Melbourne, during all of the lockdowns, being a part of running a community health organisation and trying to keep thousands of staff or team members safe, but also really well engaged mm. during a time of great trauma, both for the in, for our individual team members, but also for their clients. I learned a lot about myself. What did you learn? I learned that I have a, a natural ability to lead in a humanistic way and help people to make good decisions through setting principles and guiding, but also enabling them to be able to have the frameworks they need to make the decisions they need to make. I also learned that I struggle with boundaries between work and home and really need to keep on top of what my long-term goal is. Work can be all-encompassing and you've got to really be mindful of who's going to be at your bedside when you're 85. (laughs) Uh, So it was a good learning experience from that perspective too. Wow. And why? so why do you think you have that, where you have to take work home with it, you struggle with the boundaries and it affects you so much, let's say? Yeah, as an empath, I think that's generally what <laughs> tends to happen for people is that you take things on and, and you you consider and reconsider and you're constantly thinking about how you can make things as good as they can possibly be for people in difficult circumstances. When you care a lot and you want to make sure that things beyond your control are as good as they can possibly be. Make sure that things beyond your control are as good as they possibly can be. Without being able to control it. Yeah, I think that's, you know, senior leadership is about leading through others, isn't it? Mm. And so you can only control the controllables, but then you have to influence the rest. And so that's, I think, been part of my success over the years is that I 
work with people on a deep connected level and really in a high trust environment and so over time can influence people in really positive ways but I take that responsibility really seriously. Mm. Do you think that you've managed to attract the businesses that fit your style as well? Overall yes. The reason I chose my business name well aside from the fact that all of the cool gimmicky names were gone. <laughs> <laughs> What's the coolest gimmickiest name then for a well, HR company? What I wanted was Happy Mondays. Because I was thinking you can make work. Taken by a band in the UK. (laughs) Taken by a band in the UK. There was all sorts on my list. But I decided in the end to go with Humanistic HR to really out myself, to be be and to stay true to the way I've learnt works in leadership. And that's to lead with a a cool head and a warm heart. A cool head and a warm heart. Full of these little expressions. That is great. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. How did you overcome the challenges of working in Victoria during COVID, helping people that were working, maybe laid off, or all the challenges that these people had, staying healthy, leading teams through those challenges and being the empath that you are, taking the struggles home, not being able to switch off. What did you do to overcome that then? Because it didn't beat you, did it? Because you're here today. (laughs) Yeah, there were times where it felt like it did and certainly I didn't do it alone. So that's essentially the key to my success has always been through people and making sure that I really engage deeply with people, work with trust, really trust and respect other people's boundaries, have their best interests at heart. And when making really tough decisions, bring in a team of people to help weigh up all of the perspectives and find the least of all evils. Um, The least of all, the least evil thing. Sometimes the situation, it does come to that. And I think Mm. when you take what has traditionally been felt as a feministic approach to decision-making, not unilateral, but very collective, where you seek lots of objectives and you deeply listen to those and then come up with a set of principles as to be guided in how you will make a decision, then generally people will come on board and work with the decision that's landed upon. I think that's been the secret, and I absolutely can't say it's been my success. It was our success at the time. It was a, a very a little bit yours. tricky. <laughs> I, I yeah, there was a lot of people who did incredible work, and I am really proud to have been a part of that. Learned a lot from it, and my clients now benefit from that. Fantastic! I say fantastic so much. <laughs> when I'm editing, I say, I need a T-shirt with fantastic written on it. I'll get you one. <laughs> Hashtag fantastic. Yeah, exactly right. Fantastic. Did I ask you what's been your biggest success? I don't Not remember. Yet. Okay, here we go. <laughs> what has been your biggest success so far? That can be work. It can be personal. It can be whatever you want. It's your story. Aside from managing to convince my family to move to a warmer climate, which um, yeah. has been a, a, a personal success. A professional success for me has been cutting my stripes as a leader and working my way through leadership, learning a lot of different ways to motivate, acknowledge, support, build capability in people and help them to achieve their potential. It's something that I am just deeply passionate about and the reason that I would use my ego to such an extent that I would say it's been my success is that I have gotten to a point in leadership that I feel really confident about my skills and ability and also am very cognizant that 
as a leader, you've never learned enough. Like it's a continual learning journey. You always learn new things about human motivation and behaviour and consequences and reward and all of those sorts of things. Um, But I have consistently over the last few years been acknowledged by the people that I've worked with and that have worked for me as being a leader that enabled them to achieve great things that they didn't necessarily think were possible. And I have such an array of leadership skills now that I can really meet each individual where they're at and differ my style according to what they need. It's certainly something that I'm quite chuffed to have and really love sharing with others. Chuffed. There you go. Chuffed. That doesn't mean you're happy. I don't know what does. I like that word, chuffed. In there, you mentioned that you you managed to, you can inspire people or I forget actually what you said, something along those lines. And two of my questions later on are about that, but we're going to ask them now because it's my podcast and I can do as I please. What would be the one thing that you do or mention or how you approach it to inspire people that you're working with? There's no one consistent thing that I say. There's no catchphrase. What I do is I get to know each person as an individual and what their goals and objectives are, what their greatest fears are, because usually it's somewhere in there that that you can find that nugget of inspiration Mm. that will help them to step into something that they're really nervous to do because it's big and scary and feels high risk. And then I... Hold their hand. I stand with them. We stand side by side and we guide and nurture and take steps into the unknown. And before you know it, they've become what they never thought they'd be able to achieve. And so I guess really I'm a bit of a cheerleader. If you saw me, you certainly wouldn't put me in a rah-rah skirt with pom-poms. But I have been told by some people who I really respect that I've been quite helpful for them in navigating obstacles that they thought were insurmountable in their career and helped them through deeply complicated personal times whilst they've been working. And that's just something that I think that as a human is such a wonderful thing to be able to do when you're in a position of privilege to be able to help people to be their best is like, how much better could it be? It's I don't know. Very well. I don't know how much better it could be. I reckon mm-hmm. you should have some pom-poms, <laughs> shake them around in the morning. Might have to get some. Yeah. And what is it that makes you feel inspired and like your best self? Usually to feel inspired, I need to be down by the ocean. Yeah, being by the sea is a a place that makes me feel very inspired, Mm. ideally with my feet in the sand. But equally, I'm very inspired by other people. So I love going along and seeing people speak. I listen to a lot of podcasts of people that kind of really extend my thinking or beliefs and, and values. And seeing other people achieve their goals is hugely inspirational. Mm. So Particularly if you've been a part of helping them achieve it. Yeah. As the cherry on the top, <laughs> as, you, as they say. I don't know who says it, but I say it now. <laughs> Someone says it. Fantastic. How can, I know we've been talking about your business a lot, actually. It's all been about your business and the people that you help. How could your business help people living on the Gold Coast? Twofold, really. I think people living on the Gold Coast that have employment will benefit through me working with their business owners to help that business to be the best it can possibly be through having a really good culture where there's a saying, if you don't set the culture, we'll set you. And so if generally employees in a great culture work, not necessarily harder, but with so much more 
dedication and they go home and talk to their friends at a barbecue on the weekend about their place of employment. There's that, but also if people on the Gold Coast are running a business or thinking about running a business, I can certainly help them to run their business in a way that they feel really comfortably with ethically and that they know that they're treating their people the way they would want their family members. I always say to people, would you do that with your mum? Um, some people might do. Some people might do, but I think I can. I, I like to say I help business owners sleep well at night. Could be your tagline. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I also support the business compliance side of things as well, which is a lot more boring than culture, but it's very important. <laughs> more pizzas more for that. Pizzas. More pizzas and beer for the day when you've got to deal with the boring admin stuff. <laughs> and what would be a tip that you would give? So, let's say a member of your team or, or the people that you're helping comes along and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. They need to take positive action. What would be the thing you suggest to them? If you don't, haven't got to know them yet, what's your go-to trick, let's say? <laughs> I always just think, encourage people to look at all sides of the situation and if they're stuck, challenge themselves around thinking, why are they stuck? Is it the the mean voice on the, the left shoulder or the you know, the, the kind voice on the right shoulder not, not speaking loudly enough. Um, there's usually something in between the ears that's um, holding them back from moving forward. And if we can get to the root of that, then there's always, they can take that step. Usually it's because they don't feel safe. So psychological safety in a workplace is a really big thing. It's all part of culture. And so if they know that it's safe to take the next step and that so long as they're doing the right thing, there's no severe consequences, they'll usually dip their toe in the water. Mm. So helping them to, sometimes it's like figuratively holding their hand to let them take that step. Very cool. And Melissa, what are you curious about right now? I'm curious about everything. but I'm That's quite a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I'm a naturally very curious person, which I think is partly what led me to HR because I'm nosy. But reading some Richard Feidler books at the moment about Mesopotamia, so the ancient Middle East, which is endlessly fascinating and it's leading into how the cultures lived spanning Syria all the way across to China back in the ancient times mm. and cultures and religions and how they formed so I'm finding that quite fascinating at the yeah moment. wow <laughs> interesting stuff fantastic now we've gone through this quite quickly it's been quite a whirlwind oh. <laughs> it's, it's but it's good that's good it's good I think so <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you some of my new questions. Great. Newish. Yeah. About your favourite things before I ask you the, the actual last question. You live in Mermaid Waters, right? As you have said, 18 months you've been in Mermaid wow. Waters and that's a great place. Mm. What's your favourite thing to do in Mermaid Waters? Uh, we live qu- quite close to Pizzy Park, so uh, taking wow. the dogs, walking through Pizzy Park is lots of fun. Riding on a bike past the skate park is always a really interesting yeah. um, thing to look at. So yeah, we're pretty lucky with Pizzy Park being on our doorstep. Riding around Pizzy Park, Mermaid Waters, walking a dog. Fantastic. And uh, what would be your favourite coffee shop? Piccolo Espresso in yeah, right. Miami. Right on the waterfront there, which is quite nice. Fantastic. Good view. You like the water, don't you? I maybe love you're the water. fish in a previous life. Yeah, maybe. Or a coffee bean. I do talk a, a lot about bean. coffee, haven't we? <laughs> anyway, and how about your favourite thing on the Gold Coast? Because you did come from Victoria. Mm. You escaped. Well done. Yeah, what's the favourite thing? Talabudra Creek. Talabudra Creek. Creek. I just think it's such a 
a beautiful place and I really enjoy the Aboriginal culture in Australia and okay. the fact that it's Burley Heads is a very special mm. Indigenous place. It's a place where they do men's business and there's also women's birthing rocks in mm. the same environment, which is very unusual is right? for those two things to be in the same vicinity. So, yeah, I feel like when I go there, which we go walking around the heads a lot, my daughter jumps off the bridge, uh, yeah, um, which is good fun thing to do. But there's definitely a, a feeling that I get when I go there that makes me feel very calm and at peace and mm. stand there. You can see the ocean and all of its beautiful colours and the sand and the wind and it just it feels, yeah, it's a pretty special spot. Have you stepped over the fence to the rocks that are jutting out of the mountain or the hill? Oh, those! Have you heard the name of those? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> Something... Vulgar, probably. Yes, it is. Go on then. Um, no, I haven't. But the other weekend we were walking around and there was a whole bunch of teens that were standing on that very end of that rock and I was just thinking, oh, no. I hope my daughter's not seeing that and thinking it's a good idea. <laughs> I did climb over that just to sit there and meditate. That and as I walked, thing. we entered the forest, the George Street, mm-hmm. the back of the mountain that not many people go to. And as we went in, five o'clock-ish and... Hundreds of fireflies oh, all just wow. started to light up. And it was amazing. Wow. Once, never seen it again. Hadn't seen it before. Hence, the use of the word once. And amazing. There's another place on the Gold Coast in the hinterland. I think it's called Natural Bridge where they have fireflies as well. I think they've got them in the cupboard and they wheel them out. They're there all the time. It's a pretty special thing. It's, it's amazing. A friend Very of mine cool. does tours to that. Yeah, right. Glowworm tours. Glowworms. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, get out there. It's a great place. And I also stole this idea from a, another podcast. It's a question for the next guest. So my previous guest, he asked, why are you on the podcast? Which I've often thought of asking lots of people. So That's there you go. Why are you here talking to me? To do something that is outside of my comfort zone, really, okay. to stretch myself and build my skills. I've had to learn how to network and do all of these things that okay. as a small business owner is, is a bit different. And this is part of that really so i'm not too scary you're not scary at all which is such a lovely thing <laughs> maybe i should be a bit maybe scary should be. I can work. <laughs> oh dear well, so you're here to improve yourself and network and just get out of your comfort zone all right very good and my last question is what did your childhood smell like i love that question so much my childhood my favorite childhood smell is a bit of a weird one it's diesel Okay, it's not stereotypical, is it? No, it's not. But the reason for that is that I was really lucky to grow up in a family where my da- my mum and dad loved boating. And oh, so cool. we, a lot of times, would, of a weekend, go away on the boat. And it was, so we had many different sorts of boats over the years, depending on what they could and couldn't afford. And so there was scale varied significantly, but... The smell of diesel as the boat was chugging along, yeah. it was a really evocative smell that stayed with me to the extent that when we drive past a bus and my husband's... Up in the window. <laughs> Mel, wind the window up. And I'm like, no, it smells so good. <laughs> me. Yeah. Again, being by the water with the smell yeah, of the Yeah, that's boat. right. Yeah. And the scale doesn't matter. If the boat is on the water. It doesn't matter. Smells like diesel. Yeah. Big or small. Dingy speedboat launch. Smaller the boat, closer to the engine. Yeah. There's a positive. Fantastic. <laughs> Mel, are there any other 
last words that you'd like to share with the listeners? Only that I think that when listening to these sorts of podcasts, it can be really interesting to take your inspiration from other business owners. And I certainly take my inspiration from lots of others. And what I'm learning about business is that it's a journey and we're all learning lots and lots of things and learning from each other is just such a beautiful thing. And I love that small business is quite vulnerable and share their learnings. And so if people are up for a chat, for a coffee, want to share their kind of war stories, I'm here for it. I've got a few of my own that I'd love to chat and chew the weeds over with others. Please, I'd welcome a chat, no pressure, don't need to run your HR side of your business, but it's nice to meet people. <laughs> Come and have a chat with me and yeah. give me your business. Let's learn. So what's Let's you, learn read between the lines. No, no. Listen between the lines. Listen I'm joking. Fantastic. You do buy a very good coffee. Well done. Mel, thank you again for sharing you your story and your call. time. It's been lovely. Lovely to meet it's you. It's always lovely. It's always lovely. Anyway, <laughs> listeners, thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon.